VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The human mind, body, emotions, and spirit are more powerful than anyone can imagine, and we can learn to use them in new and powerful ways to create the life we've always dreamed of. On our program today, with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon, we'll address who you are, how to come to know what you believe and why, how to accept and love yourself, and how you can make changes that help you create the empowered, happy, successful life you want. Now, here's your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon. We broadcast from Scottsdale, Arizona, and... As you all know, it's been a really tough week this week. You know, the weather's again ravaged parts of the country, and our hearts go out to those who've lost loved ones, their homes, their communities, actually, their schools, in the tornadoes this past week. I have family in that area, a lot of family, and I was so relieved to learn that they were okay when I first saw those reports of the tornado and those first pictures that came through. The tornado came within about two miles of one of my cousins, somebody that I grew up with, and they said it was the most frightening storm they've ever seen. And, you know, if any of you listening have any way to help those people, do it now. Another thing that's going on in our community is the trial of Jody Arias, which is, you know, now being watched not just nationwide but worldwide. You know, the jury came to a verdict. Uh, they can't come to a penalty. Some of them are having great difficulty with the death penalty. And, you know, as I think about it, regardless of what your stand is on the death penalty and what you believe about life after death, it must be an incredibly difficult decision to sentence another human being to death. Um, you know, we all have our own beliefs, you know, about God, about morality, about purpose, about responsibility, about life after death or life after life, however you think of it. You know, to form these beliefs, some people look to science, some people look to philosophy, some to religion, some totally accept what they were taught as by their parents, by their teachers. Some question everything. Some go within. You know, it doesn't matter how we get there. Whatever our beliefs are, they set the direction of our lives. You know, it's important to be clear on what our beliefs are. And the question is, how many of us really walk our talk? How many of us live up to our beliefs? I've posted a couple of articles on the self-improvement blog, that's theselfimprovementblog.com, about walking your talk, together with a book co-edited by today's guest about the life of Dr. Lester Savage, a man who does walk his talk. 
I encourage you to visit the blog to see all of these. And while you're there, look in the right-hand sidebar and you will see a video made by Dr. Savage himself. And I considered it just a wonderful, wonderful treat. Our guest representing him today is Eli Chiaviello, who represents Dr. Savage um, and will speak for him. Eli is a native San Franciscan. He grew up in Ohio, where he attended Ohio State University before returning to California. An administrative professional for over 20 years, Eli has worked, I love this, in sidewalk food vending. I get all kinds of images with that. Information technology, copy editing, and biomedical research. For the past 15 years, Eli has been assistant to pioneering heart surgeon Lester Savage. In his spare time, Eli enjoys backpacking and well-told stories. He's a co-editor of Dr. Savage's recent book, Open Your Heart to the Magic of Love. Um, There's more to that title, A Healer's Testament to Health, Happiness, and Compassion. It is my pleasure to introduce to the Self-Improvement Show and to welcome Eli Chiaviello. Eli, welcome. Thank you, Irene. It's a pleasure to be with you today. I was blown away with Dr. Savage's life story, but first I want to hear a little bit about yours so we know who this man is that's that's talking to us today. Tell us a little bit about you. Uh, I'm a a native San Franciscan. Uh, I grew up uh, largely on, uh, well, the first uh, part of my life I grew up on the road with my mom, who was a hippie. Then I grew. Uh, we settled in Ohio so that she could take care of her mom uh, after she was diagnosed with diabetes. And I spent ten years in Ohio before I returned back to San Francisco, where I lived for five years, and then I moved to Seattle uh, about sixteen years ago uh, at the end of uh, 1996. Um, I did temporary office work for about five or six years. Uh, and then in April of 1998, uh, the most amazing thing happened to me. Um, as uh, as somebody who did temporary office work for as long as I did, I think I, I can safely say that nobody goes into that sort of activity intending to do something meaningful or significant or important <laughs> with their life. No, uh, you just essentially need to pay rent and buy food. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And so after having uh, done that uh, career-wise for six years in my my early 20s, uh, my last temporary assignment was here in Seattle at the Hope Heart Institute, um, it was a three-day assignment in April of 1998, and most of the tasks that I was doing for those three days uh, involved assisting the founder of the Hope Heart Institute, Dr. Lester Savage. And this is a man who has never done anything in his life. He's never wasted a moment of his life doing anything that he did not think was meaningful and significant and important. Um, it took me a number of years before I, I really felt the impact of that, that difference in fundamental approach to, to living. Um, 
and I've been working for him for 15 years now. Uh, that is the longest uh, three-day temp assignment anybody's ever had. <laughs> that, that's true. Uh, let me ask you this. What was it like growing up in a hippie family? Uh, well, my mom just, uh, I, I honestly, it, it's difficult for me to answer that, Irene, because um, my I, I moved around so much that I, I didn't really ha- form a, a coherent uh, a memory of, of my childhood until we uh, stopped moving when I was 10. When you finally uh, and, got to Ohio. Yes. And uh, at that point... Um, uh, my mom was in her 30s, and uh, she wasn't as much of a hippie anymore. I think we all at some time had a little yearning to be as free as some of the people in the hippie culture. Oh, I know I certainly did, and every now and then I think I'm still going to run away and be a hippie. Yeah. And that's not realistic. <laughs> but you didn't have much cohesiveness in terms of education did you until you made it to ohio no not uh not uh educationally or uh, socially um you know i didn't have a chance to you know develop friends uh that i knew since i was you know very young right um and and to learn to to socialize so that presented some problems um that i hope i've i've largely overcome um the the greatest thing about it, I think, is that I mean everything's a trade off. Uh, people who grow up in a in a stable environment uh, and live in the you know live their the first eighteen years of their life in the house that they were born in, um, they have a real sense of of stability and roots. Uh, and I don't have that, but what I do have is wings. I feel free to travel and go anywhere I want at any time I want and do anything I want. And that's probably the, the greatest uh, benefit that I receive from uh, spending my first 10 years on the road. And so basically you found a place now that you don't want to run away from or you don't want to lose now. Oh, exactly. Absolutely. I've... Um, I, I will work for Dr. Savage for as long as he needs me, as long as I can. Um, and at this point, I've lived in the same apartment and held the same job for considerably longer than either of my parents ever lived in the same place or held the same job. And that, and and from what I see in the book, that's you know a really wonderful place to be right now. Tell us a little bit about. You know that those first days of working for Doctor Savage. You know what your impressions were, and then tell us a little bit about Doctor Savage. Um, well, the, those first days, it was uh, I, I felt it was just uh, another temporary assignment, like any other. Um, what did they have you doing? I, I w- typed up a few letters. I did some filing. I uh, made photocopies. Uh, I sorted mail. Uh, Basic uh, general clerical office type work. Right. Did you didn't have much contact with him then? Uh, not extensively. Um, I did uh, that. That came over uh, the course. It took me about four or five months uh, before I was 
hired uh, as a, a regular employee. Um, and by that time, uh, Dr. Savage was starting to feel that my assistance was very helpful to him. Uh, and he started writing the book by that time? Uh, no, he was, at that point, he was still, uh, I believe he had uh, released one more, uh, um, uh, one final edition of his uh, second book, The Open Heart. I haven't read that one, but I, I, I'm, I definitely am going to. I did look at some of the articles he had written for professional magazines, and they're really quite astute. Um, very in-depth about heart surgery, something that most of us wouldn't understand, but you know, he has such a, an incredible knowledge of everything about the heart. Um, so for the first few years, you basically did secretarial work in his office, did all those kind of things that anybody in an office does. Yes. So, what kind of things do you do for him now? Uh, well, now I, I, I still help him with his correspondence. Um, I, I, uh, I bring him his mail. Uh, I keep track of his, uh, his, the state of his health every day. He suffers from Parkinson's disease, um, and his symptoms are uh, regrettably, uh, unfortunately, they're uh, becoming more severe, uh, which is very difficult to watch. Um, but essentially, I, I'm his. Uh, I'm his voice. I. I have uh, when he has meetings. Uh, occasionally, he will have a meeting uh, with somebody, and he always needs to have me there so that I can say whatever it is that he's trying to say. Uh, because sometimes speak, speaking is difficult for him, and he trusts me to know his mind and to speak on his behalf. What a tribute um, to you. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's really an honor and a privilege to have the confidence of uh, this great man. Um, no, I was drawn to his book because I have a background in nursing. I've been in nursing since uh, 1956. I uh, have a master's degree in nursing. And to have a heart surgeon write a book titled Open Your Heart to the Magic of Love, drew me in immediately, and I wanted to know what it is he had to say about the power of love and the human heart. Uh, and, and the book is quite a wonderful read. It's time for us to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk more with Eli about Dr. Savage and his remarkable work. This is Irene Conlon saying stay tuned. We'll be right back. Build your better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. Wealth Solutions for the 99% is a weekly talk show focused on helping you develop and execute a game plan to build wealth. Your host, Paul LaJoy, who built a $50 million-plus company in less than five years, believes it's impossible to be poor in America, and he'll show you why with his innovative strategies. 
Joining Paul as co-host is radio personality Kim Reed, an experienced entrepreneur and corporate leader who's known as the Corporatepreneur. The show is upbeat, fun, and informative. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. The challenges facing our teens today mean that more than ever, we need to be there to support them and encourage them. The Dr. Stem Show is here to provide discussions about topics that will help promote healthy relationships, self-image, and success for teens, parents, and the community. Our young people can achieve more in life than they ever dreamed possible. The Dr. Stem Show, hosted by Dr. Stem Malatini, will foster these discussions and encourage your participation. Listen every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time. 1 p.m. Pacific, and 9 p.m. GMT on Voice America Empowerment. Build a better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. You are tuned in to The Self-Improvement Show, with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is theselfimprovementblog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to The Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon. My guest today is Eli Kia Viello, who is an assistant to Dr. Lester Savage, a, a great man, a pioneer in open-heart surgery. Eli, he has such an interesting life story. Tell us a little bit about you know, what it was like for him growing up and, and how he got through school in such a remarkable way. You know, anything that you want to tell us about his early life. Uh, well, Doctor Savage uh, came from uh, very uh, humble roots. Um, his family, uh, when he was a, a child in uh, Wapato uh, or Wapato, uh, I'm not sure how to pronounce that town. I should. I should know because I've lived in Washington long enough. Um, it was a, a essentially a three-room house uh, that he shared with his mother and father and sister. Um, they, they, carried, they had no water heater. They carried, uh, her, his mother carried water in a, uh, a big tank from the kitchen where they heated it through the bedroom to the bathroom for their baths. Uh, and that was a distance of about 10, 10 or 12 feet. Um, and Dr. Savage, as a as a young boy, he lived on his bedroom. His bed was on the porch, uh, with uh, half of the walls being screened screened in. So nights nights are occasionally chilly. Um, I would think so. And his his mother, uh, who had had a third grade education, uh, somehow or other, had developed a a strong, uh, a very high opinion of the importance of education, and when uh, Dr. Savage and his sister were in uh, elementary school, uh, he, she made them 
take classes in French and Latin from another school uh, because they weren't available at the school that he attended. And then when the, the time came for him to go to high school, uh, she cut his high school career short at the age of 16, at the end of his junior year, um, he had enough credits by then to graduate a year early thanks to those language classes that his mother had made him take. And then she got him into uh, Gonzaga University wow. uh, as a 16-year-old as uh, and joined... Thanks to the dean of Gonzaga, uh, he joined the Navy's V-12 pre-medical program, which was uh, an accelerated, uh, an intense accelerated pre-medical program designed to produce uh, medical students for uh, the war. The war. Did Dr. Savage want to go to medical school, or was this what his mother decided was best for him? Well, he wanted, he wanted to be a pitcher. He wanted to go like into baseball into baseball. Pitcher. Okay. Uh, he he really wanted to be uh, the the first string pitcher his high school uh, at his high school team, which was Gonzaga High School, um, his senior year. And so he was very disappointed when his mother informed him that he would be skipping his senior year and instead going to Gonzaga University. Um, so he was a bit disappointed, but uh, of course. When when your mother is the sort of person who makes decisions like that for you, you listen. Yes, I remember those days. You really didn't question. You just said, yes, ma'am. Exactly. Um, and so he, he, was, he was daunted initially by the, the accelerated V-12 uh, pre-med program, um, especially considering that most of the, the – all he was a civilian in the program – uh, taking it with all of these soldiers um, and and who, who were several years older than him. Yeah. So they, they sort of adopted him as a mascot, and with, with their support, uh, he excelled at the V-12 program and then was able to go, he was able to get accepted into medical school at the age of 18. It's he went amazing. to St. Louis University uh, Medical medical college at the age of 18 and he graduated as a doctor at the age of 21. Now this is unheard of. I mean, but even back then this is unheard of. Yeah. So, I mean, and he must have been rather a remarkable person to be as accepted as he seemed to have been and to have excelled the way he did. He was motivated. He never, uh, he never thought that not doing what his mother insisted he do uh, was an option. So he just—he was—he was raised to do his best, um, to respect his parents, and he respected his parents and did his best. And his father was very powerful getting him in these schools, too. You know, they, his mother and father seemed to work as a pretty good team. Oh, yeah. To, uh, to push him forward. Yes. Dr. Savage's father had been a, uh, a traveling salesman uh, until 
Dr. Savage's mother informed him that that was not a an appropriate job for somebody raising a family. And so he settled, uh, he, he gave up that and settled uh, into running a saloon. Well, which is interesting. <laughs> and some of those stories are quite fascinating. People really need to get this book. It, it reads like a great novel, only it's about a real person. Open your heart to the magic of love is its title. Um, why don't we just take a moment right here for you to tell people where they can find this book, where they can find the website. You know, let's let's give them some information now so when we go to break, people can go get the book uh, or look at more. Uh, our website is betterlifepress.net, and that's the best place to order the book from. Uh, it's also available on Amazon.com and in uh, a few select booksellers. Uh, but the best place to get it is our website, BetterLifePress.net. It, it really is a great read, but it's more than just a good book. Um, and I don't want to give it all away. It, it, people need to discover this book on their own, in their own way. So we have him out of college now. Where does he go for his internships and residencies and, and those kind of things? Didn't he also serve in the military? He did. Uh, I I don't know a great deal about his military career, except what what I do know is that uh, I don't believe that he saw uh, frontline duty. Um, I believe that he was uh, his, his military career was largely spent at the Walter Reed uh, Medical College uh, and uh, do, doing research. And his research was fascinating. Um, I love the stories of the pigs. Oh, yes. Let's don't tell the story of the pigs. Just let people find the story of the pigs because it's wonderful. It just – and it encourages you about how we go about learning new things about the the body and how we can help. It's a lovely, lovely story. So he's in the military at Walter Reed, which back then was just a key major medical center. You know, a lot was a lot of research was being done then, and it was in the forefront of of medical progress. Um, so anyway, he's at Walter Reed. Then where do we go from Walter Reed? Uh, he went back to uh, the University of Washington. Uh, uh, as a general surgery resident uh, from, well, let's see, I'm sorry. Uh, after he after he completed his army duty, uh, then he went to train with uh, Dr. Robert Gross at Boston Children's Hospital. Now, is he the heart surgeon or is I don't remember. Was he the the heart surgeon? Uh, yes, uh, Doctor Robert Gross was a, a world renowned heart surgeon, and he uh, he uh, worked at. He's a professor of pediatric surgery at Harvard University. Yeah, I've forgotten some of these little details. 
you know, I guess what I really want to show is how he was able to go to some of the best schools, work in the finest hospitals under the most renowned people uh, who could teach him the cutting edge um, skills, who could bring him as up to date as as it was then, we've come such a long way since then, that those days seem almost primitive. But he was involved in the cutting-edge thinking of the, that time during his residencies. Oh, so, yeah. I mean, he had a remarkable education as a physician. Yes, this was in the, in the mid-1950s when uh, heart <laughs> surgery was really just beginning to be a possibility, thanks to the invention of heart-lung machines. And I know that then he went to Washington. He went there because they'd promised him a position that they did not fulfill for him. Oh, well, that was that was somewhat later. That was, uh, yeah, he'd that gone was back to Washington uh, to work at uh, Children's Hospital, uh, developing their pediatric surgery um, uh, program. But when he got there, uh, the director of that program told him that the conditions of his employment were changed and he would not be directing it He would or developing it. He would simply start uh, just as any other staff member at the bottom of the totem pole and have to work his way up. Which probably in a way was, a, was good. Well, yes. Uh, I didn't think so at the time. I mean, uh, he had... He had turned down uh, some excellent opportunities uh, to develop that program at Children's Hospital, and unfortunately, those opportunities were, were gone. To, they, they were no longer available to him when he uh, realized that the job he thought he was going to take was not there for him. So he did experience some disappointment and setbacks. It's time for us to take a break. When we come back, I want to talk a little bit about this man's remarkable work. This is Irene Conlon with my guest, Eli Chiaviello. We'll be right back, so stay tuned. We're on Facebook along with some of the greatest minds of the world. And that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. We let so many outside factors mold and shape our lives. Technology, instant delivery. We live in an on-demand world. What's happened to the compassion, the kindness, a better pace? Listen to Might Radio with host Gabriella Von Ray. We'll bring that kindness and compassion back to our world. Our guests come from around the world and will discuss what's being done and what we can do to bring our lives back to order. Might Radio is broadcast live every Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Is there a real magic formula for success or is it something more? Does the divine nature within, when activated, become a powerful unified force that catapults an individual to greatness? Join visionary host Sharon Rose Washington, author, empowerment life coach, and energy healer to explore the answer to the big question of why we are here. She'll have amazing luminary guests ranging from business thought leaders to top celebrities. Tune in every Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. 
Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to The Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is theselfimprovementblog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to The Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon with my guest, Eli Kia Viello. We're talking about Dr. Savage and his remarkable work in open-heart surgery. And, you know, I am so fascinated with this person that, you know, I, I really wanted you to know where he came from, that his life was, you know, no silver spoon kind of life. Um, but he then got into heart surgery uh, and has and, and was a great creator in in some of the advances that we see now. Eli, let's talk a little bit about some of the things Dr. Savage contributed to this whole field of open heart surgery. Absolutely. Um, well, he, he, there there's a a list uh, near the end of. Uh, Dr. Savage's biography in, in the book, Open Your Heart to the Magic of Love, uh, that describes uh, the proudest advances uh, that were developed by Dr. Savage and his colleagues at the Hope Heart Institute, which he established in 1959. Um, the, these advances uh, are include uh, learning about the, the ways in which heart valves heal um, and op- developing operations to repair uh, malfunctioning heart valves, um, the learning about the healing of arteries and veins and artificial arteries, uh, the development of a line of uh, prosthetic uh, arterial gra- uh, grafts, um, the first use in the world, the first experimental use of uh, veins for the coronary artery bypass grafts, um, which is huge. Uh, Dr. Savage developed that uh, in 1962, and at the time, uh, the medical establishment thought that it was uh, a novelty that would never come into widespread use or would never be appropriate for humans. But uh, three years later, the Cleveland Clinic said, no, no, we can do coronary artery bypass grafts on humans. And to this day, it is the most widespread heart surgery that's done around the world. Absolutely. Um, He developed operations to share uh, the blood flow from legs uh, with the heart. Um, And uh, he's published about 240 uh, journal, peer-reviewed journal papers um, so it's it's really it would be beyond the scope of this uh, this whole program and another hour to talk exactly. about his, his I just whole work. want people to know that this was not just an ordinary man. He didn't just come in and do everyday routine stuff and and you know accept the status quo. No, he, he advanced he, the whole field 
of heart surgery in so many ways. But to me, that's not exactly the most important thing about him. Tell us a little bit about him as as a person, what he thought was, you know, the other things he brought to the patient, you know, besides just his surgical expertise. Well, uh, Dr. Survives realized uh, after uh, after performing surgery for a number of years, uh, his early surgery uh experience was uh it included extensive pediatric surgery and when you uh provide care for children you that forced him to realize that he wasn't simply caring for uh the disease that he was that he needed to treat he was also caring for the entire family of the patient that he had uh, absolutely and he did that so beautifully and to this day, he gets uh, he continues to get uh, cards, uh, Christmas cards and birthday cards from the families of former patients that he treated twenty, well, thirty, forty years ago. Oh, I can totally believe that he makes the statement. I feel we should develop programs that have that keep people from becoming patients in the first place. And he talked about all the things that people need to do, stop smoking, exercise, eat right, you know, try to get spiritual peace. He's a deeply spiritual man, a devout Catholic, uh, actually, but totally respectful of where everybody else is coming from. But the one thing he always talked about before he took someone into the surgery, into operating the operating room, was, you know, how they are with God. I, th- I think that's a fascinating piece. Uh, absolutely. And he wasn't, uh, he never did that because he wanted to convince anybody that they should believe in God or that they no. should be Christian. Um, his, his, his priority and the reason that he, he discussed spiritual matters uh, as part of his routine preparation for surgery, um, well, routine for him anyway, was that uh, he wanted to get his patients to consider the spiritual aspects of their lives. He wanted to make sure, uh, as, as their surgeon, as their, their, their health care provider, he wanted to make sure that they would have the best results, the best long-term results from their surgery that he could give to them. And he realized that in order for his patients to have the best long-term results, they needed to go into their surgery optimistic, uh, at peace with themselves, uh, and with a sense of purpose for their lives, a, a definite reason he wanted all of his patients to have a definite reason for themselves to extend their lives through surgery and he did that with every single person he was just such an amazing amazing is an amazing doctor and and then he retired after he he worked up until 65 didn't he yes he retired in 1991 and now you've written a book, and you're co-editor of this book, so you know this book pretty well. What's the fundamental message of his book? It, it's quite simple. It's, it, it's, we all need to treat other people with, with love, compassion, forgiveness, and generosity. Um, Say and that again. The reason, love, 
compassion, forgiveness, and generosity. When these when these principles motivate our and uh, when they motivate our treatment of other people, we will be happy. Um, and the, and there's four of them. The but love is the main one. Compassion, forgiveness, and generosity are all uh, in service to loving your fellow your fellow humans. Um, I think the clearest illustration of this in the book is the story of Joe. Can you just quickly tell us about Joe? Well, Joe Joe Forgione was uh, a a very successful businessman in New Jersey. He, uh, as a child, uh, his father died at the age of 35 of a sudden uh, coronary uh, attack. Um, and so his whole life, uh, he feared that he would also die at the age of 35 of uh, heart disease. Uh, his childhood was very difficult, um, he lived in poverty, uh, went to work at a very early age, shining shoes, um, and then he swore that he would not start a family of his own until he was a millionaire, which he was able to achieve at an amazingly young age uh, through his, his drive and persistence and, and willingness to try new things uh, that and expand the business of uh, paper sales uh, that his that he worked in, um, but at the expense of his family uh, and and his heart, he he was a, a driven businessman, but he didn't think much about spiritual matters, and he ne- he neglected his personal mat- his personal affairs in favor of his business which worked fabulously for his business, but didn't work as well for himself or his family. And then he did have trouble with his heart. Yes. He had trouble with his heart, and he needed to get a heart surgery, uh, and he rejected a physician, uh, a surgeon who who wanted to treat him as simply a, a malfunctioning heart to be repaired. Uh, and, and refused to deal with him on a personal level. Um, and then he, he was very, and he was very afraid of the surgery. Oh, he was uh, terrified. Uh, and in, he, yes, terrified, terrified to have the surgery that he so desperately needed and, and in despair about his own life. Um, and I, I don't want to give away the how that no, works itself out no. because that's the uh, the, yeah, the climax the of his story is it it gives me chills every time I read it. Uh, I cried. I cried. I cried at what this doctor did for this man. Um, the incredible love that this doctor showed to his patient the deep understanding of what Joe needed. Um, All I could do is wish that we had more and more and more physicians who 
thought this way, felt this way, worked this way. Uh, that's where I'm coming from with Joe's story. Um, it's, it's quite an amazing story. And on that note, it's time for us to take a break. This is Irene Conlon with my guest, Eli Kia Viello, saying stay tuned. We'll be right back. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. Have you ever felt that it's time to get out of the box? Why are you putting that project off? It's already there in your mind. What are you going to do today to change your life tomorrow? Listen for Live Your Life with Melissa Brown. Get ready to expand the capacity of your heart and mind. Move yourself beyond the mundane and get prepared to do what you've been called to do. There is no time like the present, and the whole world is waiting for you. Tune in Monday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to The Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is theselfimprovementblog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to The Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon. Today we're talking with Eli Chiaviello about Dr. Lester Savage, a renowned heart surgeon. And one of the greatest forces in his life was his religion, his spirituality, his belief system. Um, Talk a little bit about that. Well, Dr. Savage, thank you, Irene. Dr. Savage... uh, is a is a devout Catholic. He was raised. Uh, his mother raised him to be uh, uh, unwavering in his commitment to his spiritual development, um, and and he has spent his whole life living the the uh, the principles that that he understands from Christ of treating other people with love and compassion. Um, in uh, Late in his career, he made a couple of trips to with his family to Rome, uh, and he discovered uh, the prayer of Saint Francis uh, when they on one of those trips when they visited uh, Assisi uh, and and went to the shrine of Saint Francis, uh, and he didn't it didn't really affect him grab him immediately on that first trip, but he went back again. Uh, a couple years later, and on his second trip, he he felt the force of uh, of overwhelming joy that could be brought to his life by living the prayer of Saint Francis, um, such that uh, for the last sixteen years of his practice, he sent every one of his patients home with a prayer card containing the prayer of Saint Francis. 
And I think he said he prayed that prayer every day. Every morning and every evening. Every Twice a day. And it, it is beautiful. We're going to end the show today with that prayer so all of you can hear it. You know, he, 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 he writes that every day he does certain things. And one of them, I love my neighbor as myself. You know, how many of us get up and think that every single day and, and make every single day... Um, a day to love everybody around us. I embrace each day to the fullest. This is a remarkable man. Uh, He's a remarkable doctor. He's a remarkable man. Eli, what did you learn or have you learned, are you learning from working with Dr. Savage? That we're all connected. Uh, Each one of us is connected to, to everyone else and that. For, for that reason, when we treat other people with love in our hearts, it, it makes us happy for ourselves. Um, and that, that's an amazing, amazing lesson uh, I wish I'd learned at a much younger age. Oh, we always wish we'd learned some of these things earlier. What did you learn? Uh, how, how did the book affect you? Well, after I, I was editing it for a number of years, well, for about two years, uh, and, and approaching it simply as an editor would approach any assignment. Uh, eventually, because I, I, I have never been, I, I had never been uh, a very spiritual person. I, I had always, I'd grown up and lived as uh, a devout skeptic of all things. Um, never had a, a whole lot of use for spirituality or religious tradition of any kind. Um, and, and that affected me in ways that, you know, I can only, I can only understand in hindsight. When I, after I worked on editing this book for a, a year or two, it occurred to me that I, I certainly could not lose anything if I actually tried the advice that that Dr. Savage gave, gives in this book, which is to treat other people with love. And I, I have to say, I'm, I'm ast- I was astounded and I am still astounded by how effective that approach is in achieving happiness. Um, the last few years have been the best, the, mo- the happiest years of my life. Every year, my happiness increases, uh, I'm happier now than I had ever dreamed in my wildest imaginings that I ever could be. And I, I really want that for everybody. Um, I think everybody can, can learn to implement that message and that approach to life uh, to their own benefit and the benefit of the entire world. I couldn't agree more. The wonderful thing that Dr. Savage does or did for me was that he laid out his own faith very clearly. You have no doubt where he stands in what he believes, but he does not push that onto onto the reader. He just, you know, lets the reader be able to form their own belief system, knowing, though, that there's more out there. Um, 
and he he's very clear not just by what he says but what he's done all his life about the power of love you know talk a little bit uh, just very briefly about his family and the love in that group he, dr savage has eight children and 29 grandchildren um his writing uh, his ability to write is severely limited by his Parkinson's disease, uh, and I, I helped him over a, about three and a half hours uh, is about how long it took uh, for him to autograph uh, 29 copies of his book oh, how for, his tw- for his 29 grandchildren. I was so moved by how much he loved his wife. Oh, yes. We don't hear that anymore. You know, no. How he loved her the first time he saw her and how he loves her now. Um, it's, it's very moving. You can almost feel the love he has for his wife. And for his children, although for his children he was gone a lot, but he still managed to be father. Yes. Uh, but his his wife, his love for Marianne, is, I think, is epic. It's it, it's it's like a, a fairy tale story. It's hard to overstate how how much he loves her. It it is it is like a fairy tale story at at first i'm thinking oh this is just talk i thought that in the beginning about any number of things and then i'm thinking no this is not just talk he really means this this is how he lives this is he lives and breathes love for this woman we should all be so lucky indeed now if you had to say what is the most remarkable thing about dr savage well, I hate to pin you down like this. No, I don't. No, I don't. What would you say is the most remarkable thing about Dr. Lester Savage? He, he lives his faith. He he lives it as a as surely and as consistently as anybody breathes. Uh, I've I've met a lot of a lot of people of faith. Uh, in my life, I've never met anybody who who lives lives his faith uh, in every moment of his life uh, in in its fullest meaning, um, which is fundamentally that uh, Jesus Christ commanded him to love uh, to love to other others. humans. Yeah. And, and that and that's you, a, that's a, the the bedrock of his faith is that Jesus Christ commanded him to love other humans, and the motto of his uh, of the Hope Heart Institute, uh, his entire tenure there was serving God by serving humanity. Um, his his whole life has been devoted to serving God and practicing his faith in the best way that he can find in any given moment um which is by helping other people and he, and he his, never stops yeah. his he, life is an absolute living testament to that belief here's what we're going to do um, think a minute about the thought you'd like to leave with the listeners today then i'm going to tell you about next week's show and 
Uh, we're going to end the show with the prayer of St. Francis for and in honor of Dr. Lester Savage. Um, what's the thought you'd like to leave with our listeners today? Treat other people with kindness. As the, as the Dalai Lama said, if you want to make other people happy, practice compassion. If you want to make yourself happy, practice compassion. Thank you for that. Next week's guest is Sean Anderson, who's going to talk about the pursuit of purpose and overcoming life's chaos. I think this is one you won't want to miss. And now, Dr. Savage, when you hear this, this is for you in honor of your remarkable life. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. And where there is sadness, joy. O Divine Master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Thank you, Dr. Savage. And thank you, listeners, for being with us today. Come back again next week for more of the Self-Improvement Show. Thank you again for joining Dr. Irene Conlon for the Self-Improvement Show. Please listen again next Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Remember that improvement out there starts in here.